We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Sega does what Nintendo... Wait, what are they Nintendo doing over there? Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and it is time for yet another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in lovely downtown Halifax. Well, it could possibly be stand to be a little bit more lovely than it uh, currently is, but um, it's getting there. We're, we're getting past the whole winter hump. It's going to start getting warmer. It's going to start getting brighter. In fact, um, daylight saving time is starting on Sunday, so it's going to get brighter later. It's pretty cool. But we'll get to the weather in about half an hour's time. For now, let us get to what is new over at lowbiasgaming.net. And it's a whole lot of Jason, as you can probably expect. Um... Yeah, uh, I'm sure that the other people are doing things as well, but right now it's only Jason posting on the website. Um, what else can I say about that? Uh, Final Fantasy VIII, there are four new videos. There's also some new uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 going up to episode uh, season 9, episode 5, The Deadly Bees. As well as a new soundtrack for VVVVVV. Um... Excellent soundtrack by Soul Eye. I recommend you all have a listen to that. So yeah, uh, we're going to have some fun and uh, this episode is going to accidentally be very Genesis. Um, yeah, there's a lot of um, Genesis based music, but there might be a little surprise as well. We will see in... Uh, 40 minutes or so something like that maybe a little more but um yeah let's get on with today's show square wave symphony on ckdu 88.1 fm halifax
Mashiro Yamane with A Vision of Dark Secrets here on Square Wave Symphony, CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And that song is the opening theme for today's game from the archives. Uh, let me see here. I really should have had this up before. There we go. Time refuses to forget the Belmont family's horrifying bloody destiny, and in 1917, two, its, uh, two of his descendants are summoned by fate into epic battle. Their enemy, the most evil incarnation of Castlevania legacy to ever rise from the grave, the vampirous Count uh, Countess Bartley. This spine-tingling six-stage fear fest overflows with graphic sights and sounds from your worst nightmares, as John Morris, the whip-wielding vampire hunter, or Eric Lacard, master lanceman, you'll pursue the demonic countess all across Europe before she resurrects Dracula for a final reign of global terror. Alas, her trail of doom is laden with zombies, hideous mutants, grotesque giants, ghouls, and ghastly creatures. Taste the sweat dripping into your mouth as you try rescuing yourself from diabolical traps. Feel the torturous strain on every muscle as you wield again and again sacred weapon power-ups such as holy water, the battle axe, the crystal blade, boomerang, and the mirror of truth. But in the end, make sure you've saved enough strength to scream. That is pretty intense, isn't it? That is the back box for Castlevania Bloodlines, which is an action game for the Genesis platformer, developed and published by Konami and released in 1994. And uh, there is a non-zero chance that uh, I will be talking about it later on in the episode. Uh, but suffice it to say, it's your standard Castlevania platformer game. Uh, we have two playlists over on lowbiasgaming.net with Jade Farrow playing as Jonathan and Jason playing as Eric Lacard. So go ahead and check them out if you're interested.
That was DBS NME with Spike Rush, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. This is your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of weird, it is, of course, time for the news of the weird. Yes, uh, just to let you know that I do not read these stories ahead of time. Some of these may not jive well with all audiences. This segment is about 13, 15 minutes long, and I do scan them for uh, any objectionable content. Take that as you will. Our lead story for today, The Continuing Crisis. A writer in the New York City subway employed a novel way of protecting his personal space on February 7th, Fox News reported. The seated passenger removed a bottle of ketchup from his bag and squirted a squiggly perimeter on the floor around his seat, apparently hoping to keep fellow, uh, uh, fellow strap hangers away. Twitter erupted with funny comments after one user posted a photo. Gotta protect yourself from the mustard demons that they can't cross the barrier. And what brand of ketchup, though? New York City Transit got a taste of the problem and promised to clean it up right away. I mean, back in the old days, you kept the demons away with salt. Now you keep them away with ketchup. Because the demons are mustard, apparently. Twitter, what is this thing that you do? The Litigious Society. Lacey, the Norwegian forest cat, is at the center of a heated two-year dispute in Brewerton, New York, that has now gone to state Supreme Court. This I gotta hear. Original owner Carol Money. Okay, I didn't realize Money was a last name, but learned something today. Original owner Carol Money accuses adoptive owner Danette Romano of, it, of refusing to let Lacey sleep in a bed with her, a key provision that Money says was in the adoption agreement both parties signed in April 2018. Syracuse.com reported that, according to the lawsuit, Money regularly visited Lacey in her new home after the adoption and found the cat to be skittish and fearful and became very upset after Romano's husband allegedly admitted, quote, we don't let Lacey sleep with us. By December 20th, tensions had increased to the point that Romano complained to the Onondaga County Sheriff's Office and her lawyer send, uh, had her lawyer send Money a letter ordering her to stop contacting Romano. Money's lawsuit accuses Romano of breach of contract and lying about her intention to let Lacey sleep in her bed and demands the return of the cat. If you're demanding the return of the cat, then why why put it up for adoption in the first place? Man, some some people it's just all about the money. Unclear on the con Yes, that was a terrible joke. Unclear on the concept. In a report published on February 18th, the South Florida Sun Sentinel reveals school districts struggling to comply with the state's requirement that every school have quote a good guy with a gun, are challenged to find enough qualified applicants. Among recent hiccups, near Orlando, a safe school officer sent her, uh, sent her husband a nude video she recorded in a school bathroom while on her lunch break. 
In Hillsborough County, a school guardian thought her gun was unloaded when she shot through a mirror as she practiced in front of it for her firearm certification. Okay. Another officer pawned his service weapon and ballistic vest. His supervisor discovered he was carrying a pellet gun in his holster. Bob Gualtieri, sheriff in Pinellas County, remarked, quote, The reality is that there is no perfect in the world. No kidding. Uh, how, about, how about this idea? Let's all forget about guns for a minute. Well, you know, I, I live in Canada where guns are less of a problem. So, I don't know. This is not for me to say. Let's just move on to a story about the entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, the Spanish Civil Guard raided an underground cigarette factory on February 13th and 14th in the southern province of Malaga and found a facility with a complete production line capable of producing 3,500 cigarettes an hour as well as beds and living quarters for the workers, the Associated Press reported. Was the production line making the beds and the quarters or... No, probably not. Access to the plant, located 13 feet under a horse stable, was disguised by a cargo container. 20 people from the UK, Ukraine, and Lithuania were arrested, said police, and more than 3 million cigarettes, some hashish, and marijuana, as well as weapons, were seized. Underground Cigarette Factory I, I suppose that... Hmm. That one might require some thought. I'll get back to you sometime in the next never. Uh, here's a clever story for you. Vincent Putrino, captain of the cross-country track and field team at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in Troy, New York, and his teammates craved Chick-fil-A for lunch on February 27, uh, 22nd. But the only location closer than an hour and a half away was at the Albany International Airport, beyond the security checkpoint. So, reporting News 10, the 18 teammates pooled their money, about $5.50 each, bought a one-way ticket to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, $98, the cheapest they could find, and sent Putrino in to collect the bounty. Putrino purchased $227 worth of food, then left the airport and joined his teammates for their midday meal. That... <laughs> I don't care what restaurant that is. I'm not going to pay $98 as an entrance fee for fast food. Just drive the hour and a half. I understand. I understand that it's hard to wait sometimes. But be patient and you'll be paying a lot less called being thrifty or something old story new twist an oklahoma city homeowner hearing noises in his attic suspected squirrels might have gotten in but when he went to expect uh, to inspect he found instead a man lying on a mattress koco news reported on February 28th, the unnamed homeowner called 911 and reported, quote, A stranger in my house. I have a gun on him right now. There's the gun thing again. Police, excuse me, police responding to the call told reporters, quote, 
there was actually some uh, somebody that appeared to have taken up residence in the attic and the, the home has a staircase quote that goes up to the, the side of the house with attic access the homo the homeowner escorted the squatter at gunpoint to the driveway where officers were waiting i mean he could have been a furry and acknowledging that he could have been a squirrel just saying it's not an impossible it's not an impossibility but maybe i'm reaching a little too far into this our next story whoops Dylan Bryant found more, uh, found more adventure than he expected on February 23rd as he explored a bayou in southwest Houston. Bryant told KRTK his exploration took him about 100 yards down a sewer line before he became trapped. I can't go back because I of how I had to scooch through, Bryant said. I'm in the middle of, of raw open uh, sewage in this little bitty box. From under the street, Brian yelled for help and a man heard him, then asked the passerby to call 911. Firefighters arrived and pulled Bryant out of his smelly predicament. Wait. How did Bayou Billy end up in the sewer? Uh, I don't know. Is Bayou Billy turned into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something. That's the best... Uh, weird pipelines it's a mystery and speaking of mysteries this story the smith family of lockport illinois has a perplexing extra feature in their house that has occasionally kept the family up for about six years uh f kept them up at night for about six years there are voices in the wall and i don't know what it is nine-year-old brianna smith told wls Music and talk radio emanate from the walls in Brianna's room in the middle of the night, but the family can't figure out why there are no speakers in the walls. Brianna's father, Richard, said in attempts by police, uh, Brianna's father, Richard, said in attempts by police to uncover the source were unsuccessful. I said that entirely wrong, but I hope that you understand what I'm trying to say. The Federal Communications Commission couldn't help either. Richard Smith believes something in the wall is receiving a signal from one of the six radio towers near the home, but an engineer sent to the home from one of the stations told him, quote, I gotta be honest with you, I don't know what is acting as a speaker. The Smiths have been advised to hire an engineer to pinpoint the signal and block it, but in the meantime, Brianna falls asleep in her parents' room. There has to be a very specific set of circumstances for this sort of thing to happen. It just seems incredibly unlikely that something like this would happen, but... There it is, and there you go, I guess. Um, not much else you can say about it. And fi final story, anger management. Ypsilanti, Michigan police were called to an apartment complex on January 16th, where they found a 23-year-old man smoking a cigarette and pressing a bloody towel to his side, and live reported. The man told officers his partner, 28-year-old Neil Patrick Wasinski, known as Nala and referred to as she in court records, attacked him with a 21-inch samurai sword because he didn't buy her any marijuana. 
The attack resulted in multiple stab wounds and to the man's arm and torso, and one of his lungs collapsed, according to police. Tracked down at her apartment, Wasinski told police to please go away and later claimed to have no memory of the incident. Police found a blood-stained 21-inch katana on Wasinski's bedroom floor, according to their report, and she was charged with assault and resisting arrest. This sounds like the plot to a Quentin Tarantino film. I'm not going to lie. It just has that sort of vibe to it. Strange thing that it actually happened. Anyway, let us move right on to the weather for this coming week. And we do have a wind warning in effect uh, for Halifax Metro, Metro and Halifax County West. Strong winds that may cause damage are expected or are occurring. Maximum gusts northeast early 70 to 80 kilometers an hour, except 90 to 100 along parts of the coast. Locations Atlantic coast of Nova Scotia. Time span beginning after midnight tonight along the south shore Saturday, uh, along the south shore Saturday morning for Halifax region and the eastern shore and Saturday afternoon for southern Cape Breton. High winds may toss loose objects or cause tree branches to break. Be prepared to adjust your driving with, with uh, changing road conditions due to high winds. Wind warnings are issued when there is a significant risk of damaging winds. So do be careful about the wind if you're going to be out on the road in the next day or so. Moving on to the current weather. It is currently 2 degrees and mostly cloudy here in Halifax. Uh, tonight, looking at a few clouds, increasing cloudy cloudiness late this evening. Wind becoming 30 uh, kilometers gusting to 50 near midnight. Low of minus 9. Wind chill, a very cold minus 17 overnight. Saturday, uh, March 7th, cloudy skies. Periods of snow and blowing snow beginning early in the morning, amount 5 centimeters. Wind 30 gusting to 50, becoming North gusting, uh, north 50 gusting to 80, except gusting to 100 along parts of the coast late in the morning and in the afternoon, with a high of minus uh, 6 and wind chill of near minus 20. So bundle up to if you're going out tomorrow, UV index of 1 or low. At night, periods of snow ending in the evening, then partly cloudy, wind north 50 gusting to 80, becoming northwest. 40 gusting to 60 near midnight, low of minus 8, and then windshield near minus 16. Sunday, March 8th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of plus 4, going down to a low of minus 3 and a 30% chance of flurries at night. Monday, March 9th, a uh, cloudy skies all day with a high of plus 3 and a low of minus 4. Uh, Tuesday, March 10th, cloudy skies during the day with a high of plus 3, going down to a low, actually staying at a low of minus 3 and showers at night. Those showers will persist Wednesday, March 11th during the day uh, with a high of plus 5, going down to a low of minus 2 and a 6% chance of flurries at night. And Thursday, March 12th, a 6% chance of flurries or rain showers in a high of plus 2 degrees. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax and let's get to some more music.
That was Rage of Genesis by Yohan Turpin, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And I found a thing. Yes, I found a thing. And I'll share that thing with you in a segment that I like to call I Found a Thing. It's the best name ever. Don't at me. Um, actually, please do. So we all know that, well, maybe we don't all know, but it is fairly common knowledge that the Sega Dreamcast was the first um, home console that was able to access the World Wide Web. That even came with a mouse and a browser and all that stuff. Um, good luck trying to connect to anything nowadays. But um, it's not the first console to be able to go online. Now we didn't get this, uh, this service because Unlucky us, we live in North America, and Japan is where all the cool stuff is happening. But Japan had this thing called Meganet. So, um, let me read this here for you. It is uh, from the top 10 list, the top 10 facts you may not know about the Mega Drive slash Genesis. And uh, this is by White Pointer on GameFAQs. And the number one fact on this list is that the Genesis briefly had online capabilities. Here's something that might blow your mind. The Mega Drive, once uh, once upon a time, actually had limited online capabilities. It was exclusive to Japan and didn't last particularly long, but it had it. This was possible through a first-party peripheral released in 1990 called the Mega Modem that plugged into the back of the Mega Drive using the 9-pin expansion port and then plugged into the phone line. The product came with a special cartridge that was needed to access Sega's service called MegaNet. At its core, you were connected to MegaNet and were able to download and play games, many of which were exclusive to the service and never saw a, re a retail release. Some of the games included were Sonic Eraser, Putter Golf, Columns, Paddle Fighter, Fatal Labyrinth, and Flicky. However, it was unique in the fact that the modem also provided the functionality to connect to someone else's console who also had the modem uh, through the phone line and play each other in a peer-to-peer -peer setup. Due to having several seconds of lag and the costs associated with phone calls, only a small number of games ever supported the feature. In fact, only around two dozen games were ever available or supported it due to what seemed like a lack of interest from Sega themselves. It wasn't really until the X-Band came, uh, came along a few years later that true online play was possible, but it was still pretty remarkable what Sega managed to achieve in 1990. The service was shut down and the modem discontinued after only about a year, and in fact later models of the Mega Drive removed the 9-pin expansion port, making, uh, making it entirely impossible to use the Mega Modem even if you wanted to. There were plans to bring the service to North America, rebranded as Telegenesis, but this never happened. Sega were reluctant to release it without games, and developers were reluctant to make games without the service. <sighs> However, 
Meganet did resurface in Brazil in 1995, though it was entirely handled by Tectoy and required a separate proprietary modem device. Although Meganet and the Mega Modem were commercial failures, they were a precursor to the much more successful Sega channel that launched in North America in 1994 and was active until 1998. This did not allow online multiplayer and functioned kind of similar to Nintendo's Satellaview. It allowed you to download and play games on your Genesis that were on a monthly rotation, except that it connected to cable rather than satellite. So even in those days, there was still the battle between cable and satellite. Can you believe it? Excuse me. But um, yeah, it is kind of an interesting thing that most people are not going to know about the Sega Genesis. I probably have heard about it at some point, but I... My memory is kind of like a sieve. Some things stay in there and some will just keep going through until finally maybe it sticks sometime. Anyway, there is your Genesis fact. Let's get to some more music. And uh, there are going to be two songs coming up. One of these things is not like the other. and We'll find out a little more about what's going on in about a minute and a half or so. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Moth with Mount Fuji. And uh, this next one is a little different. Um, it's not so much uh, music that you hear on the Genesis, but it is a local talent, and I didn't want I didn't want to feature it today. Um, this is from a local artist named Mooncalf, and it's called Base of Five. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Mm-hmm. 
I do want to reiterate that Sloan was discovered through CKDU. So if there is any local talent out there, please let me know. Squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at Squaresim, that's spelled S-Y-M at the end. Uh, I would love to hear whatever you guys got. And uh, yeah, that's what happened in this case with uh, Mooncalf over here. So... That music means that it is time for a rapid review rampage. And I was thinking, one, pretty much all of the music except for that last one was um, accidentally all Genesis. I'm not going to lie, I was just looking for chiptunes and they all turned out to be the Genesis sound chip. So, let's go with that. And also, with the whole, you know, Democrat politic thing that's going on in the States. There's a whole lot of different platforms that people are running on. So why not have a platform of our own and jump on it? Well, for the most part. What I'm getting at is we're going to talk about Genesis platformers and we're going to do it rapid rapid. If I can say it, rapid review rampage style. There we go. Uh, so what's going to happen is I'm going to have one minute to talk about each of the games. I'm going to be given a uh, choice between two different games. Um, and I will talk about one of them. Um, I may end up with Cow on my list. In which case I have to talk about the other game unless I've already talked about it. Anyway. Let us get this thing a-going, starting with now, Echo the Dolphin. Uh, Echo the Dolphin is a very strange game, uh, is the best that I can describe it. You play as a dolphin swimming around, you jump up into the sky, and all of a sudden all of your friends are sucked into the sky through some weird thing that you have to figure out. Um, it's kind of weird. Uh, platformer is kind of a vague idea of what's going on because you are swimming around, but you're swim swimming through obstacles. So it kind of fits in the platformer genre, but it's not quite that as well. Um, you also have, because uh, dolphins are mammals, you do have to come up for air. So do remember that if you play. It's a very abstract game, and it doesn't really tell you where to go, but you just kind of get through it as best as you can, really, as best you can do. All right, um, Rocket Knight Adventures. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of games, honestly, that have a possum as the main character. But um, there's Rocket Knight Adventures for you. Um, I have played a little bit of it earlier today just as a refresher. It is a rather unforgiving game. It feels alright to play. Uh, I feel like the charge up to um, dash across could be a little faster. And when you dash directly upward, your only option is to fall directly downward. And I'm not a fan of that. But um, it... It flows pretty well for what it is. Um, checkpoints are not ideal, and you only get two lives to start with. 
So I would generally probably give this one a pass. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 specifically. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 does uh, what Sonic the Hedgehog 1 did, except that you also have a spin dash. And you also have a different sort of bonus stage. Um, uh, which one was the bonus stage? I forget. But uh, I believe this is the first appearance of the Chaos Emeralds. Um, no, you did have Chaos Emeralds in the first one. But in any case, it's a, a whole lot more of Sonic uh, than Sonic 1. And Sonic 1 was a video game. I thought I would have more to say about Sonic 2 than I currently seem to have, but there it is and there you go. Um, yeah, Sonic 2. It's kind of in the middle and it does some neat things. Uh, Ghouls and Ghosts. This list is not being very forgiving. And Ghouls and Ghosts is definitely not forgiving either. Um, it is a notoriously hard platformer. Um, it is very clunky. When you jump, you are locked into your jump and you don't get any sort of air control whatsoever. Uh, when you, uh, you only get one weapon at a time. So when you pick up a new weapon, you have to drop your old one. And if you picked it up by accident, well, too bad. You're stuck with it until you find another one. Um, and also the fact that you have to play at least on normal difficulty or I think it's practice and professional modes and you have to do two full loops in order to get the proper ending of the game. This is not an easy game. It is not a game for me, but some people enjoy it. So there you go. Uh, Sonic 3 and Knuckles. There's a lot more to say about Sonic 3 and Knuckles than there is to say about Sonic 2. Uh, for for starters, you can play as Sonic, you can play as Tails, you can play as Sonic and Tails, you can play as Knuckles, and if you do play as Knuckles, then you get a slight, slightly different path through the game. Um, you can also play separately Sonic 3, you can play Sonic and Knuckles, um, but you can lock both of the carts together and make a double length game, um, which was largely unheard of back then. Putting two games together like that? Risky idea, but it kind of worked out. It's one of the biggest games, honestly, for the uh, Sega Genesis. And um, it's pretty fun to play. There's a lot of replay value and you get to be supersonic too. If you get all the Chaos Emeralds, so there's that. Pulseman! Pulseman is basically... Sort of Mega Man-ish, but not really. Um, once again, I played a little bit of Pulse Man earlier today, and I didn't get very far. Um, I don't really know what it is about this game. You, uh, there is a charge shot that you charge by running around, and uh, that's... I don't know. It's just a very strange kind of platformer that didn't really feel all that good to play for me. It doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad game. Maybe I was missing something very obvious, which is honestly not surprising for me. But um, 
Yeah, Pulse Man. Not a fan. Uh, Disney's Aladdin. Disney's Aladdin. Uh, the thing, the weird thing with Aladdin is that it's a different game on every platform. Um, in particular, this one, uh, you get to, you know, platform. For some reason, they were playing the Prince Ali song during the first stage, which is strange. Uh, I have, you know, there are other ports of the game where you do get to listen to one jump ahead, as you would in the actual movie. This one didn't feel very good, honestly. There are better ports of Disney's Aladdin on other platforms. I would say stick to the other platforms, because, yeah. This one didn't feel too great, honestly. Um, Castlevania Bloodlines, which is our uh, archive uh, game of the day. Castlevania Bloodlines, it's, as far as I know, it's one of the only, if not the only, Castlevania game for the Genesis. Um, I could, of course, be mistaken, but uh, as far as playing it, there, it's pretty much your standard Castlevania game. You get to play as uh, John Morris, or you get to play as Eric Lacard. They both have slightly different paths. They both have they both have slightly different weapon setups. But um, in my opinion, and this is just me talking, if you played one Castlevania platformer game, you've played them all. Um, there's not a whole lot of variation between them. Some people enjoy that sort of thing. I'm ambivalent. Ristar. Ristar is a very interesting game. You know, I actually had a concept for a character much like Ristar back when I was uh, very young. Um, in that Ristar is able to kind of throw his hands, well, extend his arms out some distance in front of him grab onto things and smash them uh, smash against them type of mechanic it's a weird thing to to work with but it does make for some very interesting platforming uh, it's not to say that it's a particularly easy game to play uh, it definitely isn't especially if you're looking for all of the secrets that you can find which I was doing but, um, it's pretty fun. I would, uh, recommend giving it a try. Gunstar Heroes. Gunstar Heroes, this is gonna be our last one, by the way. Gunstar Heroes is, uh, basically a beat-em-up with guns. Um, it has the elements of beat-em-up. You have enemies coming in from all directions all the time, and instead of punching them to death, you're using your gun because you are a gunstar hero. Uh, you can combine different sorts of guns to make different sorts of projectiles, which is a very interesting concept, honestly. Um, yeah, that's most of what I have to say about it. It's a beat em up with guns. It's kind of an enjoyable experience in spurts. And it's not something that's going to 
particularly take up all of your time. It's just something that's mindless fun for a little while. And that's going to be it for our uh, rapid re review rampage for today. Uh, it's about time to get to a little bit more music. If I can get those words out. You're listening to Square Wave 70 on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Music help me. And that was JX with Huge Crisis Modern. Uh, and that will be ending our show for today. I hope that you all enjoyed today's episode. It started as a bit of a, um, a bit of a train wreck on my end, but I think it turned out pretty good. And I hope you think so too. Of course, maybe you also think that the entire episode was a train wreck, to which I say... In the wise words of a how cow, go eat a ham. Um, so yeah, that is going to do it for today's episode. Let's close things up as we usually do. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. 
News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by myself, Madame Animiki, Noriki, Noriki Kemikura, Twilight of Defect, um, Zandax, Pink Projects, and Commissar. Sorry about that. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour at 7 p.m. and press start to continue at 8.30. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041 and you can also leave feedback right on ckdu.ca. Just click on Shows, find Square Wave Symphony in the list, and uh, click on leave feedback. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash square sim or just search for Square Wave Symphony. Square Wave is one word. On Apple Podcasts, Google Player, TuneIn Radio, or most any other podcast type of thing that you like to use. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio if you don't know, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.